Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere. I'm Andy. I'm Lou. Today, Balto on Hard Times. I'm St. Balto. Yeah, all day long. Wow. People paid a nickel to go see Balto, go see Balto and he lived a side terrible almost. life. Jamie gets his money's worth. He Remember, was $2 worth of fat guy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> got your money's worth. I got my money's worth. Euro Boys with Sarah Ginter. My first kiss was an exchange student. <laughs> Lou talks sports. I like sports ball. <laughs> my favorite sports ball has the one with the ball. The round one, I think, is the one that you like, Lou. The round one. <laughs> and, of course... Poo! A candle. Should I flush that down a toilet? Negative. Anything over there? Uh, a giant bag of no Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> no. But first on Bridge from Nowhere, the unspoken love of Lieutenant Sulu. Space is cold. But your love keeps me warm Hotter than a thousand suns with ten thousand torpedoes And lasers firing them at the same time
will see you at Warp 11. I was reading about Balto this past week. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Balto had kind of a tragic life for a while after that Diderot and then was saved. It's a really kind of interesting story. Huh. So Balto, and there's a controversy about Balto, of what, course. What, he become an alcoholic or something? Well, it's, it's kind of, you know, hard times. Uh, so Balto, of course, ran like the last 52 miles of the Iditarod for the serum run. Yeah. For the original reason to get serum uh, up to uh, Nome for the outbreak of diphtheria. I think diphtheria, yeah. And then it was an interesting thing because he, there's a lot of people that consider Balto to be like the first modern celebrity in this really? weird way. Yeah. Huh. Became a celebrity because of this feat and then like, like toured around and everyone was thought Balto was a hero and school children wrote stories about Balto and all this, you know, captured the popular imagination that there was this really important thing that needed to be done. So actually it, it apparently then brought a lot of attention to getting a long-term vaccination for diphtheria. Oh. Like scientists actually started paying attention to diphtheria. More than they ever had because of Balto. Because they thought we can't. The dog system isn't going to work in yeah. the long term. Yeah, you know, like there's this real issue, and yeah. gosh, this this happens again. We're going to be really in trouble. And so anyway, that was kind of interesting. Wow, that's interesting. And then I guess there was the other dog that ran like 300 miles of the run, named uh, what was it named? Keto or I don't know. I can't remember. And so there's a lot of people that thought, oh, Balto just ran the last 50 miles of it. Big deal. Oh, attention hog. One of those things, like those There's people little, you work with who comes in at the end of the project and little takes bit of all the credit. That. But Balto was such a cool looking dog with that one white leg and yeah. he was dark and big and, you know, like really studly looking dog. Yeah, there's a statue of Balto in, in Central, Central Park, Park in New York City. I thought that was the strangest thing when I saw that. Well, this yeah. is the thing. He was this huge national celebrity. Huh. You know, he was there at the unveiling of the statue. He was really? still alive. Yeah. Nice. So the picture of them unveiling the statue, Balto's there looking at his statue of wow. himself. <laughs> I hope to be it when they unveil my statue. So I what happened was they they so he was a working sled dog up here in Alaska, you know, owned by this musher, and then. He became this celebrity, so they started this kind of tour, this celebrity tour, and he went around with the musher. But then the musher got tired of that lifestyle, and so he sold them. And he ended up selling them, and then another guy bought them and then sold them, and he ended up in this— In a carnival. In a carnival in in San Diego. Oh, I was just joking. No, he ended up in a carnival. Really? And a lousy carnival, and he was chained up— By real-life carnies. Yeah, and he's chained up in this room— I'm St. Balto. Yeah, all day long. Wow. People paid a nickel to go see Balto, go see Balto and he lived a side terrible life. Oh, God. And then this guy visited Balto. This this um, this uh, businessman from Cleveland visited Balto in this sideshow, and he felt really sorry for the conditions Balto was in. So he started a campaign back in Cleveland to buy Balto and bring him back to the Cleveland Zoo and live an adored life. In an outdoor sort of pen area. And so that's what he did. Wow. So Cleveland actually is the adopted home of Balto. And Balto is still in Cleveland, stuffed in Cleveland. <laughs> like at the zoo? Yeah, yeah. And apparently he's coming back up here to Alaska. Balto is coming back to Alaska, apparently. Repatriated. Repatriated. Nice. 
but like stuffed Balto, but with the one white leg, and wow. it's, it's Balto. Where where's Balto gonna go? Do you know? I don't know. Like the state museum, yeah. or I'm not sure. Somebody's we gotta house. Find or... out. And I'm not sure if he's just a visiting and then gonna go back to Cleveland huh. or what. But but Cleveland saved Balto. That's a. I never knew any of that. Yes, that's a good story. <laughs> saved him from evil, evil carnies. Yeah, and and he lived out the rest of his life kind of without being chained up. He had a nice big area to run around in. Mm-hmm. Children adored him and loved him. He visited schools and. All that and lived the lived his later years as a beloved dog, and as I think lived have. to be like fourteen years old or wow, something. Lived nice. for a long time into the third. It was the thirties where he kind of gained fame. Huh. So anyway, I wonder if like Lobster Boy and the Snake Lady really missed Balto <laughs> after he was, you know, or like <laughs> well, wanted they, to come too. Like we'll also come to Cleveland and they. Well, they were no, also chained up. No thanks, Lobster Boy. <laughs> you got to chain up Lobster I mean, Boy. I've been to a couple of those. Yeah, Lobster Boy, and you can eat stick chains. Those lobster claws just get right through. Yeah, they threaten him with a pot every now and then. But it might have been like the <laughs> back, only Lobster Boy, the back. only good thing in Lobster Boy's life was he got to hang out with Balto. It's probably true, you know. And and this, the woman who turns into a cobra and the world's fattest man—they probably all loved Balto, <laughs> Cobra Lady, Cobra Lady. And I'm just going to the old sideshows that I used to go to. Yeah, yeah. the world's fattest man. Had you ever? Have you been to a sideshow ever? Either yeah. one of you? I have a real one. Every day, just look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, where it, Minnesota? The Minnesota State Fair they used to have, oh, them. and it was uh, they were starting to move to, I think, a little bit of like self-aware commentary on the sideshow in a way. But there was still like, yeah, the woman, the snake woman, the man who drinks milk every day, and it's just a cheesy. I remember going to something. There was a carnival that would come through the Boston area when I was a little kid, and and they had some sideshow element to it. Uh, but it was mostly rides. You know, it was a kind of a good carnival. Yeah, I mean, the know? Minnesota State Fair has, had a lot of great rides, too. And now it's, like, all rides. But when I was a kid, they used to have this. And they had, like, I remember they had the world's fattest man. <laughs> and my friend Rusty and I paid, like, two bucks. And he just went into this kind of tented room. And you're on this <laughs> platform. And there's just a fat guy in a recliner watching TV, as I remember. Just sitting there. And a fat guy. Like, I can't say with confidence that's the world's fattest man. But he was big. But he was, I mean, he was he Memorably. Was $2, he memor- was $2 worth, worth of fat guy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> got your money's worth. I got my money's worth. And I'll, I'll always remember this. And he, he had, like, a piece of glass, like, kind of between you and <laughs> yeah, him. You but he wanna. could still kind of hear from in there a little bit. And my friend Rusty just said, hey, how's it going? And the guy kind of waved and he goes, we paid $2 to look at you. I <laughs> just, like, shrugged his shoulders, you know, just like, yeah, that's about right. My life now. Yeah. I'll always remember that, yeah. Oh, God. We paid $2 to look Why at you. Funny. We used to say that to each other all the time, like, after that, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, they well, had the snake lady. I guess we're like all in our own projection. way. We're all yeah. worth two dollars to look at. Absolutely. I mean, it's not like we went out and and demanded our money back. Or we're like that guy wasn't fat enough. Right. He was a big fat man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie to you. But a lot of them always had these. A lot of them were these ridiculous optical dumb tricks that weren't that didn't yeah. even work. Like, like the, the snake lady. Like right? the snake, snake lady. lady. Yeah. Snake lady was like, clearly like a projection, right? And there was like a. Like a woman with like a thing like projected over her lower half to look like a but snake. Meanwhile, there's a there's a uh, she was recovered yes. from the jungles of Madagascar. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. My favorite. I think I've told you guys a story before. My favorite was they had this they had this one called the woman who turns into a gorilla. 
And so we're like, we gotta go see Oh, did this. they break in? Did she, does, it, does the fake breakout happen at the end? It does. Okay, yeah. yeah Spoiler alert. But it's this great, like, Classic. it was the cheese, it was this big tent, and they had all these chairs set up, and you sit in the in the audience, and there's a stage, and it's, you know, from the wilds of Africa. They brought it back. And then it's just, like, in those days, it was literally just an overhead projector, like we had in school, like, projected of a woman standing there with leopard print, like, bikini on, just a big woman. And then there was a flash of light. And then there was like a dark, like a cage and a dark shape. And it was all dark up there. And you could just hear it moving back and forth. It's like piped in gorilla noises. Like, <laughs> where people saying, this is lame. Everybody's sitting there. These people are going like, what a bunch of, yeah, this is lame. <laughs> yeah, this is, bunch of what bunch. a waste of money. You ever seen anything so stupid in your life? And there's a lot of rural Minnesota people there, too. So you got to get the accent right. I think right. they had some, you know, like, oh, I mean, they weren't, they're polite. So they weren't like super angry. But you're like, oh, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I thought maybe this would be a real thing. But that's clearly not a real <laughs> Not a real lady up there, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you think? This just doesn't seem like it's true. And then, like you said, then all of a sudden there was like a noise and the cage burst open and this thing came running out and people got up and <laughs> screamed and kicked their chairs over and ran out of the back of the tent. And then my favorite part was. It works, right? It totally it worked. worked. And then my friend, it was my friend Rusty and I again. We were our sideshow buddies and we were just sitting there in these chairs. And and it's over, and then there's just a guy in like a clearly fake gorilla suit standing on stage, and just he made no pretense of being a gorilla. He just like waved to us like a person, because you know? <laughs> we were laughing so hard. We were just laughing, and and we, it's over. And, like people run away, and there's like three or four of us left in there laughing. And we're just like, man, that was great. And the guy just yeah, waved. We're like, man, that was awesome. Yeah, you're the man. Yeah. He's like, so, gotta, yeah. between you and me, you guys. Yeah, you know? <laughs> keep, keep it to yourself. This case stays yeah. in this room. <laughs> yeah, you keep this to yourself. Yeah, I think it's safe now 25 years later. Yeah, but that was great. Uh, that was my favorite. Yeah, that was great. How that, many times did you see that? Uh, only once. Yeah, that was because they were, they were kind of different every year. And it didn't last a long time, as I remember. Like, by the time I was, before I left Minnesota when I was 18, there weren't any more sideshows at the State Fair. Now, have you, when you growing up, did you go to the Alaska State Fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where is it? Palmer? It's in Palmer, yeah. What was that like as a kid? Um, I do have really early memories of it. I remember seeing this llama or something taking a dump. <laughs> and I thought, that really looks like coffee beans. The magic of the fair. <laughs> and I thought, how does its stomach make every single poop the same? What is it about a llama's reticulum or rumen that does that to to hay or whatever they eat and then it's deep thoughts <laughs> from an eight year old really so that's what kids young see yeah. in the same animal enclosure there was a pig and uh, I remember some other kids were yelling and screaming and I went over to look and the pig somehow took a dump on one of the kids shoes <laughs> <laughs> they just let their foot in the pen or something and the pig struck like brown lightning <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of poop in your Alaska State Fair experience huh as as expected yeah well sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a fair yeah. there's a lot of poop at fairs it's true yeah um, do you remember any like rides or food or rides food or... or politicians we were too poor for food or rides <laughs> were you no <laughs> um, it wasn't it's kind of small scale. Yeah, 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 compared to 
Minnesota State Fair. We didn't fun, have any, I've been to the Palmer Fair a couple times. We didn't times. have any giant it's men. It's great, actually. I liked it. Yeah. They got the big vegetables there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they do. Giant cabbage, zucchini, and... Pumpkins. I went up to the... Tan- is it the Tanana Valley Oh, the Fair? one in Haynes? In, uh, no, the one in Fairbanks. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Fairbanks State Fair, essentially. I mm. went, And that was, for Heather, that was her big formative remembering... As a little kid going to it, and she said, "Like it's exactly the same." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "It's like this is the same rides. This is the same." <laughs> I love that Alaska has at least three state fairs: Haynes, yeah, Fairbanks, and the big one in Palmer. Was big. We're a big place, though. I mean, it feels Spread like, out, yeah. yeah, it's hard to imagine getting to the Palmer State Fair if you live in Juneau, in a way. Mm-hmm. And the Haynes yeah. Fair is the smallest little fair. I've never been to it. I, now I've been to it a couple times, and uh, one time I took Lydia to it. I actually chaperoned the Montessori preschool uh, class she was in. So it's a bunch. I think, I'm sorry. A bunch of five and six year olds. <laughs> Get there. Get and back we here. Up, <laughs> we went up on the ferry, which was fun. Oh, yeah, totally. And then we took the kids to the fair. And, uh, you know, it's a little small scale thing with these rickety old rides and stuff. They all got on the um, merry-go-round and uh, it didn't stop. Oh. So they got stuck on the merry-go-round, and it was going. <laughs> oh, like it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. Oh, man. And and it didn't stop. And they were on for like close to a half hour <laughs> going around and around and around. Just a waking nightmare. And and you couldn't, you couldn't get them off of there because it was going just fast enough that if you like threw the kid off, you could really hurt a kid. Yeah. So it wasn't going so fast that they were being flung off or anything, but they were getting concerned, and the kids, a couple of kids are crying. <laughs> you know I mean? They're stuck on the merry-go-round, and um, they're worried, and parents are worried, and, you know. Alaska. And, uh, but there was a guy jumping up and down off of it, a carny, you know, trying to fix it, and uh, but he couldn't fix it. And then at one point he goes, I think, it, you know, like it's, it was like a generator, diesel power. He's like, I think it's just going to have to run out of gas. <laughs> Ain't nothing to be done till it decides to stop itself. <laughs> but he eventually did fix it. But it was wow. a kind of a moment there. They should have sent in the clowns to fix it. Yes. Too bad the world's fastest man wasn't there. He could have just grabbed onto it and held it. That's when you need Snake Lady. Get off, children. Yes. That's why the Carney sideshows were were good. Yes. To amass the strengths of those early early X Men. I remember the year I went to the Palmer State Fair. They had a human cannonball, which I had never actually seen before. Just like and just out, kind of in that central area. Like the Palmer State Fairs, I remember has kind of like three. Rows that converge in this little, like, kind of roundabout-looking thing. And they just fired this person, like, over the crowd into a net. How far did he go? Not very far. Like, you know. Four feet? Yeah. What's that? Four feet? More than that. Hey, guys. Yeah. Pretty high. Yeah. Like a flop. (laughs) (laughs) It just crawls out of it. He actually just climbed to the top of it and jumped as far as he could. (laughs) Kind of ball! No, it was a a young woman, as I remember, too, taking a family business on. Ah. And uh, flew, like, over the giant intersection and landed in a net. Wow. Um, it was pretty cool, actually. Man. And it was the weekend. Do, do they have the fake smoke? Because it's just, I wonder how those things work. Are they just a big spring-loaded device spring in there? spring-loaded propulsion thing, yeah. I don't but, remember fake smoke. Like, usually they have, like, a fake puff of smoke on one end. Like, yeah. we're poof. lighting it. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes poof. And then. Yeah. I mean, this was different because it wasn't like in a big circus tent where like you're in the right. audience. Like we were all standing on the ground and the cannibal person went kind of flew over, over you. us more or less. Yeah. They had a little alley like kind of blocked off in case 
something happened, but others just flew over us. And it was definitely a person, a live person, flying, yeah. not a mannequin. They were shooting no, out was, of there. It was a then... real person. She waved and got up, you know, because then you saw her like get out of the net, take her helmet off, wave, walk back over to the cannon and climb back in again. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to. It was it was the weekend I had decided I was going to propose to Jen. Oh. And I thought about having the human cannonball person hold a sign. <laughs> she went over. Salutations, Jennifer Karnick. Yeah. I was wondering, maybe, just maybe, if you would like to. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at this, but. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not, if you're not busy or doing anything later, I'm not sure if you'd really be interested. But if you are, I thought you might maybe want to marry me. It's a very Midwestern proposal. Yeah, too. there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Or I thought I thought you were gonna maybe have her like drop a ring on Jen on the oh. way over. <laughs> Fling, yeah. Lance on the world's biggest man. So here's the thing, human cannibal person: find the shortest woman in the crowd from your vantage point and try to hit her with this ring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's state fairs, dogs, and uh, unique Alaskan events like the Iditarod here on Bridge from Nowhere. Bridge from nowhere, and this is Poo Corner <laughs> with Marissa Capito, <laughs> the wastewater treatment plant ninjaineer who comes in and tells us about all things poo. Answers our poo questions. We're so interested in it. We have this fascination with it, as we think many people do. And but if you have questions of your own, Andy, how can they contact us? Go to bridgefromnowhere.com. Send us your poo questions. Let us know. This, that's going to be fascinating. Marisa Capito, will, Marisa Capito will answer those questions for you. Yeah, I sure Absolutely. will. Absolutely. That's, that's to the best of my ability. Be I will. Amazing. Yeah. What is the most common question people ask you about poo or about what you do or that kind of thing? Um, most, most people ask, like, just what I do day in and day out at my job. And I think that's, I think that's a reflection of... People flush the toilet, but really, for the most part, nobody has any idea what happens to it. And they don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about it. But it's pretty important to at least have some idea of what's happening because, A, you're paying for it. You pay for your utilities. So if we want to spend $2 million on a piece of equipment, you should know why we need that and why your utility rates go up. That's important to have that transparency between the public and the services that the government provides. Mm-hmm. And I think it just it makes you more knowledgeable because there are things you should and shouldn't flush down the toilet. It has a eventually has a cumulative impact on how well the treatment plant functions. Ultimately, all the water that comes into the treatment plant goes back out into the environment. As Alaskans, we use our waters regularly. Let's let's we're going to ask you objects. Okay. A candle. 
Should I flush that down a toilet? Negative. Anything over there? Uh, a giant bag of no Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, wait a minute, Skittles. But it's in a bag still. Plus, probably not nope. Skittles in general. But what right? about nope. just Skittles? No. Nope. Why? Feral cats. Why can't you put Skittles? Wait a minute. I want to back up. Why can't you put Skittles down the toilet? Because they're hard. The they're bread and dissolve, butter. Probably. The bread and butter of wastewater treatment is bread and butter. Uh, are microbes. Yeah. And the microbes that we use, very similar to your gut, they break down waste products. These microbes are made to process only what comes out of a human body. That's what they like. That's what they use for food. Anything else? Have they been unionized yet? I don't think the microbes have a union. But you're saying like they they can't eat a Skittle, right? Like they don't know what to do with a Skittle. They probably don't. So if only you... They'll like a Skittle. If only you dumped a bag of Skittles down the toilet, that's not really going to have an impact. If everybody starts dumping Skittles down the toilet, that's a problem. Which is New Year's Eve every year, right? Yeah, New Year's Eve. Sort of a tradition. Well, and actually, the day or the day or two after Thanksgiving, our treatment plants start that to operate. That was a operate question I had. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that, that was a red question light I number had. forty is just Grease. a yeah. bitch. Grease. Grease and food going down the drain. Wow. That shouldn't. Like um, turkey grease and that, turkey yeah, grease, right. bacon grease, oh, your fryer man. oil, all of that stuff. Like oh, that really impacts. Wow. Have you yeah. heard about the? I think it was New York <laughs> had to send people into their sewer system to destroy this grease blog yeah. that was the size of a house. Yeah, yeah, that's and it ha- horrific. It happened in London too. Wow, it, what's going on there? What do you, what? It blobs up. Yeah, so grease Coagulates? and it, it liquid. Yeah, as soon like the the sewer pipes aren't. Hot, like when you dump your grease down the drain, the grease the grease might be hot and your water might be hot, but eventually it cools down and solidifies. So usually grease cause, causes problems usually in your own household plumbing or in the sewer lines, but it can get to our treatment plants and wreak havoc on those microbes that we depend on mm. to treat the waste. This is a good wow. public service I hear. Yeah. Don't pour grease down your drain. No. Really, the only thing go that should go light it down on fire, a toilet? Like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. That's what or we do. <laughs> we, we have a hazardous waste facility that will take cooking uh, grease. Yeah. Mm. So that's all. You can set it on fire if you want, but you could also it's take it. It's called Andy's the... Yard. <laughs> yes, it is. It's open Saturdays and Sundays yeah, from midnight I'll to take 7 a.m. grease you've got. Yeah. Grease fire. Just grease throw fire. it over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you come down on garbage disposals? Um, Garbage disposals, disposals have misled maybe the That's entire world. That's what I suspected, right? To, they're terrible probably, right? They're pretty terrible. And again, small amounts here and there is not going to make a huge difference for us. But people have the impression that like I have this chopper that just gets rid of my leftover salad and my turkey sandwich and my rack of ribs. And that is not what they're. That is not what they should no. be used for. That's, People should not be like pushing on them with a broom handle to jam yeah. stuff in there to make it food, go down. Excess food that you need to go away that you need to throw away should be composted or thrown in the trash. The only thing that should come down the drain, either your your kitchen, your shower, or the toilet, is what comes out of your body: toilet paper and water. You're saying that That's what it. comes out of your body should go into your kitchen sink. If that's you can't disgusting. make it to the toilet. I'm sorry, that's awful. If you're having a rough <laughs> hangover day and yeah. you gotta puke in the sink, you gotta puke in the sink, yeah, man. Like Sometimes that, yeah. that happens. There. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. You've never yeah. shower puked? Puke pro- but now is puke shower now is, is puke different than than poop? 
it's not as processed, right? It's not as it's not as it hasn't your Sometimes body hasn't has really broken it. it down. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm not I don't I'm not aware of any science that says puke is bad. I'm not going to tell anyone to like puke outside instead. <laughs> oh, plenty hey, of people yes, do. I know yeah. you're sick. I know you have a fever of 102, yeah. but could you please, please do your puke outside? A bunch of people puking no. in the front yard now. Marissa told us <laughs> not to puke We're in the sink anymore. Yeah. No, puke is it's okay. It's for Juno. Yeah. Please. I do have a question involving what do those vac trucks do exactly? Because one came to my neighborhood and sudden, I didn't realize it, but suddenly I just heard my toilet flushing by itself. Whoa. And, then, and I thought, what the hell? And I could hear air going through. The toilet was empty. That's I could that hear ghost. It's alive. Yeah, that's that ghost you have. <laughs> and I took a piece of toilet paper and held it by the toilet hole. Wow, it was you're going brave. Like a flag. It was waving. Wow. And I let go of it and it went. Foomp. And I looked outside, there was a vac truck, vac truck 2000 or something out there. Wow. What are they doing? So that probably meant there was a leak or a clog of some sort. And so... I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't let it happen again. It's not a surprise. <laughs> Day after Thanksgiving. We yeah. go by your house far too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we know you. Um, yeah. So if, if there's a leak in the sewer pipes, the guys have to physically dig to it and find it. And if it's actively leaking... And because we have so much water in the soil here because it rains all the time, um, when they get down to the pipe, oftentimes it'll be covered with water, either mm-hmm. the poopy water that's coming out of the pipe or just the water that's secreting from the soil. And so they use a vac truck to keep the area clear of water so they can work on it and do the repair. It's just like a mm. it's like a shop vac mm-hmm. for a sewer pipe. A yeah. big one. Where can a I get one at? Yeah, where yeah. can I rent it? I'll ask. I'll Just ask for around. personal use. Yeah, I want to. What do you What do you need to vac? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to rig it up and get everybody else's stuff. So I I do want to personally thank the city because I noticed um, there was a broken sewer pipe and I called, I emailed the city and they uh, actually fixed the thing within two hours. Yeah. It was quick, and well, they got it deal. done. It's a big deal. We can't have raw the stuff that's coming through the pipes is raw wastewater. Bad. That's really dangerous to public health, and it's it's disgusting. It causes problems on the roadways and stuff like that. It's kind of funny though. It is kind of funny. <laughs> that I will say raw sewage. That so the the group of people that work on the sewer lines are we call them collections here. Sometimes they're just called sewer, um, but. They have probably the dirtiest job in Juno, and they work mm. really hard, and they're excellent at it. They have mitigated a lot of what would otherwise be disasters. So if you know a collections operator, give that guy a high five. So guy, maybe with a glove hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An air five. Yeah. Yes. Marissa Capito. Yeah. Giving us poo corner. Thanks so much. Anytime. Your knowledge is, this is dropping. Really great. This is so yeah. much fun. I so dropping many more knowledge. questions. I mean, this is yeah, this is a great segment. Yes. Yeah. You just wipe and clear all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. That's a good one. Back <laughs> nice. little, with more. Anytime you can get the poo engineer a new question. That's I mean a new, a new joke. joke. A That's new pretty joke. impressive. We'll be yeah. back with more from Bridge from Nowhere.
I do remember the story we went out to talk about the onion. Oh, yes. (laughs) We were hanging out, and I think we were daring each other. I don't know. I wasn't there, actually. bite into... Me, you, and Mac, Oliver, I think. Yeah, to bite into a raw onion. I didn't do it. Andy did it. Yeah, I just... And I ate that thing like an apple. I only got... I think I got through about two-thirds of it. It's a pretty good size onion. There's a big chunk in it. Yeah. And, um... So, yeah, you know, it's just an onion, right? We've all had onions, and we have them cooked, and we have lots of them cooked, and I've eaten, I've gone through piles of onion rings, mm-hmm. but eating a raw yellow onion, just one Oof. single raw yellow yeah. onion, like an apple. Was no sweet onion. It was, it was not was a, a sweet onion. It was a yellow. It was a yellow onion, full bore yellow onion. Um, was possibly the most miserable dietary experience I've ever had. Wow. <laughs> Because not only was it awful at the moment and your eyes are, you know, you're crying and it tastes terrible and it's so strong and you're basically choking and gagging a little bit. Um, Even though at the time I remember being really like, the the first bite, it's kind of like, oh, it's onion. Mm -hmm. Great. And it's juicy, (laughs) right? Yeah. And then you start in and then you're kind of like, oh, God. Oh, God. It's getting worse. (laughs) It's getting worse. And... um, and so, and the, so then the other thing that happened was that I had onion breath for I think three days. Not just any onion but not breath, just, right? Yeah, just this permeating through my sinuses, through my whole mouth, <laughs> in my throat, everything. Right? It just oh, just overarching. <laughs> I couldn't sleep that night. Ugh. I couldn't sleep. And the other thing, and we could ask Marissa Capito about this in a future oh, poo God. corner, but boy, that just the onion poop. Oh, just like, really? Oh, like through a goose, man! Just the, the wow. worst. Amazing. Wow. So you had to give tours at the brewery, right? Was that was that the thing that happened that day? And I can't you, quite remember. There was someone there and. Over yeah. to the, you know, hold your yeah, hand so up to your there's mouth. There's a VIP to the, tour ahead. To, to the left. Man. It's, well, I had to function at work. You know, yeah. to, even if it hadn't things. been that, I just had to do work things. Yeah. I had to go meet and do things. Yeah, and yeah it was I like how this gets back to Lou talking about how it gets sometimes dark in Alaska in the winter, and we sit around drinking and doing stupid and things. And eating raw onions. And eating raw onions. <laughs> like, what are we going to do today? It's gray and cold That really and dark. was what it was. We were in the Blue Door in your old apartment, and we were hanging out with Mac Oliver. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know what, reading magic cards or something. Who knows what Mac was doing? (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, literally just had it. We weren't crazy drinking, but like maybe splitting a six pack or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, just kind of like, whoa, what what should we do? There's an onion (laughs) right there, Randy. Why don't you eat that onion? (laughs) Okay. I dares you to eat that there onion. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and I did it. I have and a photo of it. Yeah, of the onion. I'll put it on the website. Oh, you should. Onion yeah. face. All right, the onion. Right next to my dundersalt face. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, remember the other day when we were talking about why corn is named corn? I think it's because of peppercorns. Hmm. Ah, like and corned beef. And that's what's yeah. in corned beef, not salt. We were thinking it was salt. But I think, pep- I think corned beef is named after the peppercorns that's in corned beef. Oh, 
That makes more sense. <laughs> that makes sense. How yeah. do you think, figure I that think, out? I just remembered peppercorn and that that was corned See, beef. See, we're, we're not looking this up online. We're trying to figure it yeah. out. Yeah, no, so actually, this is so we're not using terrible, our phones. Terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it had something to do with salt. Salt corned, but I think like it's peppercorns. Of, mm-hmm. Salt was known as a corn or something. I don't it know. could. I don't know. It could be. But, could I, be. but the reason I re- remember that is because I went the one and only time I went bear hunting. In Alaska, I went with a guy who's a biologist at Fish and Game, and his big thing was he wanted to get a black bear in order to make corned bear. Corned bear. Mm-hmm. And he, he was really interested in that and wanted to make corned bear, okay. and he did. Oh. And it was really good. I recommend getting the bears that eat dead salmon over the berry so that's, bears. That is I actually the, recommend the garbage bears. Ooh. I bet they're delicious. Actually. That is the Just thing. So if you hunt and... black bears, the big thing is you got to go in spring because you want to go before the fish start running and you want to go when they're just out of the den and they're just eating grass and that's it. And so they're fried bear. Yeah. So really, I guess that's kind of it. I don't know. I mean, thank God I didn't run into some bear while I had a, well, I, the only time in my life in Alaska was walking around with a loaded gun. Yeah. Forget it. That was when I went on a hunting trip and I borrowed a friend's rifle and I haven't shot anything except for like a 22 ever in my life, right? As a, as a kid, I had shot 22s. And this guy let me borrow a seven millimeter mag rifle. So seven millimeters, a little bit bigger than like a typical deer rifle, but not huge. But the mag bullet is this big, powerful bullet. And um, so it has a real kick. So I went with this biologist friend uh, to the shooting range here to sort of sight the rifle. And I sighted it in, and I was doing fine. And I could feel my shoulder was getting a little tired, and I just needed a couple more shots to really kind of confirm that the sight was good. And that's where you're really just like sitting it there. You're sitting on the table, and you're just making sure that your sight is true to where the bullet hits. And um, and I kind of like on this one shot, I kind of felt the thing hit my – Shoulder a little bit. Oh. And that was all right. I was like, all right, all right. I've got to remember to keep it tight and do this. And then I didn't realize how tired my shoulder had gotten because then I took one last shot and mm. the scope came and smacked my forehead. Oh, oh God. It's, it hit me right above the eyebrow and I still have a scar from it. Wow. And it gave this, this, um, this half circle arc, huge the arc of scar. Shame. Wow. And it filled up my glasses with blood just right away. Oof. Just like, just just did it, you know? Wow. And I kind of st- stood up, and I looked over at my friend from Fish and Game. And he looked back at me, and I went, I think I... <laughs> and, he, and he goes, ah, yes, the royal order of the crescent moon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just scope mark. I mean, it's a classic thing you see in... In Juneau and in Alaska, you see guys with scope mark, and because it's going to happen to even experienced guys, not 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 boneheads just like don't me. Don't pay but, attention for one minute. Yeah, yeah, you know, just a big powerful gun like that would just smack you hard, and it did. But thank God that was the last time I ever shot that thing. <laughs> thank God I didn't run into a bear. I would have hit myself. I, you know, would have Barney fifed it all the way right out. in the foot. Yeah. Would have shot myself right in the foot. <laughs> that hunting trip has. I have more tales of that hunting trip. Yeah, we should do. I've been on one hunting trip yes. too. Yes, we do hunting tales. Let's sometimes. do that. We'll do that again here on Bridge from Nowhere.
<laughs> my mom loves you so much. She asked after you. I talked to her yesterday. Oh, really? yeah. Call your dad. Call my dad. My dad. <laughs> yeah, Andrew. We could. We could. It's wouldn't be. I don't we know. could have my dad tell us. Your story dad's a storyteller. I about mean. Uh, he just told me about skiing down moguls, <laughs> and how uh, he wanted to show off and show these people how to really ski moguls. But beforehand, they went to the lodge and he ate a bunch of soup, <laughs> and something happened, and he hit the first mogul and he just vomited. <laughs> and every bump after that, he kept vomiting. Bleh, 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 bleh. And they were laughing their asses off. He, they called him three days later and said they're still sore from laughing about that. <laughs> is this recent? No, oh, this is maybe the seventies, eighties. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, it's Bridge from Nowhere. Andy, Lou, Jamie are here with uh, Sarah Ginter. Sarah. Woo! Hello. Sarah, friend of ours, world traveler, has been for a long time, and uh, soon to be mother. Graduate student. <laughs> <laughs> what? Surprise, Juno. I was going to say graduate student. Exclusively here on Bridge from Nowhere. At UNC you heard in it Chapel first. Hill. But uh, I don't think mother, I don't think that's true. That was called a joke. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> well, when people say soon to be. Yes. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And I was just informed that um, there's a basketball thing happening right now. There's a basketball <laughs> thing. I think it's happening tomorrow night. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Something happened last night. It did. UNC got into the championship match okay. against Gonzaga. Oh, yeah. so this is something you, you should know about, that UNC <laughs> is playing tomorrow night for, and it's a big deal at UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah. Basketball's king there. I'm really scared. So you should, uh, yeah, that's just something to know about. So you can converse with your fellow students when you get there. They said to not talk about Carlos Boozer. Yeah, Duke. Yeah, I went yeah. to Duke. I have a common history here. My mom went to UNC and my dad went to Duke. Oh, My awesome. mom went to UNCG in Greensboro, but still it was the UNC system versus Duke. So that was... But the basketball team is at Chapel Hill. Well, the really good one. Yeah. Okay. The really the really big time UNC team is Chapel Hill. People, that's all they want to talk to me about is sports and I have nothing to say. They love it. They love it there. I like sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite sports ball participant? <laughs> Okay. Lou, Lou will coach you a little bit before yeah. you head down to yeah, UNC. Have yeah. Lou talk to you about sports. Yeah. <laughs> Lou, give you some lessons. Ball is your favorite. <laughs> My favorite sports ball has the one with the ball. The round one, I think, is the one that you like, Lou. The round one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So That was extra good, Lou, because you were doing your auto-tune voice. Yeah. This is my normal voice. <laughs> this is my fake voice. <laughs> we wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. One is that you're born and raised in Juneau, Alaska. Yep, Bartlett baby. Did your how did your parents get here? <clears throat> um, they moved here in 1985, I think. 
Um, so when I was just a sparkle in their eyes. <laughs> and they, my dad worked for National Marine Fisheries Service with NOAA, and so he got a job up here. And they didn't want to live here. They were living in California, and they didn't want to raise kids there. So they decide, they got a job up here, and they decided it was closer to Seattle where they thought they wanted to live. So they would just do two years up here and then leave, and it's like 30-something years later. And um, so and from an early time period, they got really involved in the exchange student program. Right? My so, mom, yeah, especially, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that. What, when when did that start happening? Well, uh, do you remember? Was it so long that you don't remember, or do you remember when she started getting really interested in it? I don't remember because it was the night I was born. In ah, fact, was okay. the first exchange student that came to Chico. Well, I'm bored wow. of my baby. I need some exchange students. <laughs> I need someone to watch All this right. kid. Let's talk about this. The night you were born, literally, an exchange student August shows up. August thirteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Um, my mom goes to welcome the first exchange student. This girl from Greenland. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> um, and she starts going into labor at the airport <laughs> and then drives herself <laughs> home, gets my dad and goes to the hospital. And drives your dad to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did she pick up the girl from Greenland before she left the airport? Um, or did this person get off the plane from Greenland and just no one was there? No, I think so. Because the way she tells us, she was like, hello, welcome to Juno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And so it's very much been a part of my life yeah, from day one. <laughs> liter- yes, like a literal uh, for- formative thing for you. So so it's kind of something that you don't even know what it would be like to not have grown up that way in a way. But what do you think that brought in? How many different exchange students have there, have there been since, you know, from the time you were like till you were 18 till you oh, kind of went to school? Yeah, so many. I mean, um, she was with AFS, but there's a couple other exchange student programs in town like Rotary. And um, there have just been countless. And it was a huge part of my life to have all these foreign teenagers here in Juneau, which is not a place with a lot of foreigners, I guess. Um, and they would always babysit me and um, bring me gifts. We have all these random, like, knickknacks. We have, like, a piece of the Berlin Wall from some German. Just what every student. kid wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first kiss was an exchange student. <laughs> Which well, yeah, that's, that's a nat- that would be natural, right? <laughs> they go from being babysitters and, you know, it's kind of like the opposite of the McConaughey character, right? The, the, the exchange students always stay the same age. <laughs> you just keep getting right. older and older. Yeah. <laughs> Amadea from Switzerland, if you're out there. Oh. Wow, Amadea. I still think about that kiss. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Do that... you? Can you describe it? Is it just I mean, a kiss? I... <laughs> Just a kiss, just a kid. Just I'm pretty a, sure it's just like, yeah, just. it was like, dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun, Amadea, thirteen, fourteen year old, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Did yeah. you guys like? And they proceeded to write me German love letters for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it. I got really scared. and I stopped talking to him. Oh no! Oh. But I would have my German friends translate. And it was, uh, it was. I'm sure, he just was. Smitten. I miss you. Was, I guess it was a really good kiss on his end. Wow. Did you guys like Schnell dates at all after that, or was it just like a kiss, like as he was leaving to go back to Switzerland? Or like... yeah, it was just a really, a really quick little number. Cheers. And then he came Auf on We don't have to dwell on this. <laughs> no, no, that would be like creepy. It's just interesting. Like you had exchange students in your house. I'd really like to know more about you and this Swiss boy. That's what the people want to hear. Did that happen? I mean, did that happen? Did you get crushes on these 
oh my god, all the time. Yeah, you know, these I was madly interesting in love with them. people were coming in, and they yeah. were. Yeah, no, it know. was it was really cool, and I feel like it made the my small isolated community seem a lot more worldly. Um, were there multiple kids a year? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So there was probably like six at a time or something. How long did they six? stay? Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. There were six foreign exchange students at a time in I, your house? No, not in my house specifically. Oh. So my mom's job was to find homes I see. for all okay. of them. Yeah. I see. But, but she we was would, in t- you were kind of the, the the center of the wheel sort of for yeah. these kids. Yeah, well, okay. and we would end up getting the it's called bad the ones. Oh, you get the bad ones. Which <laughs> the was, ones they the couldn't find were, at home. Which was okay <laughs> with I, you. I specifically remember my mom <laughs> taking a picture of this um, Brazilian boy, and he had a... <laughs> He had an eyebrow piercing, and she took the photo and cut off the eyebrow piercing because she was having a hard time finding a home for him. <laughs> it's just <laughs> an eyebrow. It's not like he had a big old neck tattoo of a dragon or something. <laughs> At the time, that must have been pretty but, Yeah, so like for people she couldn't find a home for right away, they would stay with us or people that were on their way to going home. So we had, yeah, like this Ecuadorian gal who like stole a bunch of money from us and she would also babysit me, which might have been questionable. (laughs) Um, And like a very sullen Austrian boy (laughs) who talked about how much he hated camping all the time. Who else? What other other standouts do you remember in particular? Um, Oh, man. Well, now I'm getting them all mixed up with, I think, so my mom ended the exchange student thing um, like when I was in college, probably or high school. And then she, I think, missed it. And so after my dad passed away a few years back and she had a whole house, she would just, like, take all these couch surfers, including this one. Just the first person I thought of was this Japanese guy who um, refused to sleep on the bed. Why? (laughs) I don't know. He said that that's how they do it in Japan, I guess. So he slept on the floor? Yeah, he just had, like, a little bed He slept on the washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) While it was running. The microwave. I need your microwave. In the the tub. (laughs) Just fill the tub up. Otherwise, so I can't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> More milk, please. Play More neck pillow. <laughs> I can only sleep in a tub of milk. Yep. <laughs> Mashed potato tub. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then it was never an option for me not to study abroad. So. So, was... and did you do that multiple times, or? How did I that... did. Well, I did once in high school and once in college. In high school, you went to South America. Yeah. Colombia. Or... Argentina. Argentina. Okay. Yeah. Great so experience. Good. Yeah, I was totally. Life changing, super fun. Made and me who I am today. Great friends yeah. still, and things like that. Yeah. But when you were in Argentina, did you stay with the people who were like running the program, or did you did they find a home for you? No. Like, do you feel like you were the bad kid? Did you like <laughs> an in eyebrow that, in that community? You were like, your I can't find a home for this person. Cut? Was your picture partially cut? Because you must kind of have some sense of like, man, I'm staying with the person who runs this program. That must mean yeah. that like no one else wanted me. Right? Um, Not no. that I think that would happen yeah. to you. But I'm just curious, like I that seen... perspective. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I stayed with a nice family. They were fine. I was the only exchange student in the town, though, at the time, which was very isolating. And also, nobody spoke English. Did you uh, retain the language? Uh, more or less, más o menos. Ah, más <laughs> o menos. Donde está la piscina pública? Yeah. Andy and I are just mouth breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Claro. We only yes. speak English. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, now I just have a really bizarre Argentine accent, which is kind of like 
a German person speaking with a British accent or something. I've so. heard that about Argentina that it's this, it's a very unique accent yeah. in the in the Spanish speaking world. Yeah, yeah, easily identifiable sort of. Yeah, very unique profanity as well. That's very specific. What's to different about it? Argentina, the which one accent or Argentinian accent? Um, it's ja instead of ya. Is there a is it a German influence? Is that why? Um, no, I don't really know why that accent exists, but there is a lot of European influence there. Like my family was um, Italian and Armenian. What was your favorite unique Argentinian profanity expression? Oh, I was just talking about this yesterday. Um, boludo. <laughs> Which means? Cover your ears at home, kids. <laughs> I think I'm actually not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it just means balls. Oh, oh, <laughs> but they say it all the time for everything. And so I totally got to be that exchange student. Hand me those balls. Who oh, yeah. was like, que es boludo? Yeah. <laughs> like at like a family gathering. Oh, and everybody no. thought it was hilarious. And so all my like cousins and like grandma and grandpa and everybody were just like, que es boludo? <laughs> <laughs> So embarrassing. What is balls? So embarrassing. What is balls? Because it's like the English saying bollocks all the time, right? The yeah. English are always saying yeah. bollocks. Oh, bollocks. Uh, bollocks. Don't so, get your bollocks in a twist. So you've, for your whole life as a result, partially anyway, you have the travel bug. right? Absolutely, you're always yeah. wanting to, you always have that in you, like what's the next trip? What's the next trip? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so you've taken some pretty exciting and interesting ones. I know you've traveled to South America quite a bit and kind of reconnected with friends down there, right? Yeah. But you also had that really epic uh, bicycle journey you took across America. Yeah, which might yeah. have been the greatest culture shock of all, was discovering yeah. middle America. <laughs> wow. It's there. Yeah. It's a lot different you. from Gino Alaska. Look at you people. South Dakota is a trip. Do no, yeah, I really English like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially on like, a bicycle. Yeah, totally. Because I feel like I just have this sense of like, oh, like I have to get out of America or out of the, the U.S. to have a foreign experience. But there's like so much going on in the United States and culturally there's a lot of differences. And um, I think one of the biggest cultural um I don't know, experiences that I had was going through rural Louisiana, going through Cajun country, and actually not being able to understand what people were saying. So that was cool. So, and being on a bicycle, you can't escape it. You, know, right. you can't just zoom by it. <clears throat> yeah. You've got to interact with You're people. You're so much You've... more vulnerable. You're also a huge curiosity because they're like, Lord, help this poor child. That's <laughs> like so many people thought that I was biking with my boyfriend at the time and people thought that he was like dragging me on this trip. And so <laughs> we had some guy that picked you this up and said, <laughs> like, if you were my son, I'd kick your ass. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to be here. It's yeah. Fun. We're having fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> You want to get in the car with us, little lady? Get away from that boy? There were lots of offers to I'll get, tell get you. you have a yeah. ride. I mean, maybe when it was really horrible weather out, there yeah. might be times. When... We did have to accept some rides in Louisiana, especially, because we tried not to ride after dark and tried to have like some policies of being safe. But yeah. I remember you were writing a blog at the time, and you had a really amazing experience uh, seeing a thunderstorm roll in. Where yeah, was that? Yeah, that was crazy. That was in South Dakota. And we were on this kind of back road going into 
what is that called? The, not the Black Hills. But the, the Badlands. Yeah. Exactly. The Badlands, yeah. So cool. I'd never even the seen Badlands. a picture of them before. Awesome. Amazing. Aren't they? Yeah. But this crate, so it's always like a dirt road. Like, I think we rode like 20 or 30 miles on a dirt road. Like, hardly anybody around. There was all these signs that said, Prairie Dogs Have the Plague. So that was really inviting. Um, and then all of a sudden, the thunderstorm rolled in. And the hail was, like, insane, huge chunks. And so we actually, like, hopped a fence and ran and, like, hid with some cows in a barn. And then we biked to a little camp spot, and it was um, just an insane thunderstorm all night. I fell asleep, so I don't remember. But we were just in this little tent in this wide-open area, and there was thunder and lightning and hail that we thought was going to rip through the tent. And there was, like, wandering buffalo coming in and out, too. (laughs) So it was really terrifying. (laughs) And I think Ben was, like, literally, like, holding down the tent all night because we thought we'd just completely be wiped off. From the wind and from yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, right. like, being a Juno kid, like, I don't even know what to do in a thunderstorm. Yeah, it's an you know, interesting thing. We have rain here all the time, but never have lightning or thunder. Right. And so it... Uh, I don't even know which one's lightning, which one's thunder. I know you're supposed to start counting when the, something happens. Yeah, the word count. light maybe yeah. might... <laughs> Tip you off. <laughs> I have to fill my head with like bear safety facts. I can't That's be true. There's it's only true. so many things about. you can be it's aware of, things, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk to Sarah Moore here about uh, many travels and the influence of travel here on uh, Bridge from Nowhere. That's it for Bridge from Nowhere for today. Thanks so much for listening. We'd like to thank our listener. Thanks, listener. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Bill. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bill and Scranton. Thank you. (laughs) Scranton's a hard scrabble place. Oh, my gosh. Scranton. Yeah, that's good. Also want to thank our house band, Steve Nelson and George Kuhar. As Coolson. Coolson. Thanks to our guests. Marissa Capito and Sarah Ginter, thank you. We want to thank the Alaska Podcast Network, Alaska Robotics, and KTOO Public Radio in Juneau, Alaska. Thanks to Jeff Brown and Scott Burton for making it happen. Thanks to Metamucil for giving me daily, regular EMs. Thanks to Shane McGowan and the Pogues, as always. The toothless smile always brings me hope. Pogues have brought us so much joy. (laughs) And we'll catch you next time on the bridge from nowhere. Lou, we've burned another bridge. What the hell's Karnik? I don't know. He's eating. Oh, Karnik. Damn you. Karnik? (laughs) Thanks to George Takai. Anytime, Andy. Anytime. Good luck on your... uh, bid for Congress. I'm gonna win unless they have their shields up. I like sports ball. (laughs) (laughs) We paid two dollars to look at you. I remember seeing this llama or something taking a dump. (laughs) Ain't nothing to be done till it decides to stop itself. (laughs) 